All right, everyone, welcome to another Jean-Jacques Machado No Gi Required. Today I have to meet a special guest, my brother, the number three of the Machados, Higan Machado, the heavyweight of the family, the one who tortured all his younger brothers and older brothers since we were born. Higan, welcome to, uh, I would say, our show. We have a lot of questions. I have questions about myself, some of the things that I know, but I really like uh, a lot of people out there to know um, from your own words. And um, to start out, I'm going to ask you if you remember when actually was your first experience with Jiu-Jitsu? Jiu-Jitsu? For me, it was very natural because um, I have the opportunity to move from the small city of Teresópolis to Rio de Janeiro. I have opportunity to live in the house of Carlos Gracie and his kids in, in Ipanema. And I remember um, I was very young, I was around 14, but... Um, I started to have a great opportunity to train uh, jiu-jitsu full-time, like morning, on the evening, late at night. And I have a chance to be surrounded by Horace Gracie. Uh, at that time, Carson Grace. I trained Carson, I trained Horace. I trained everybody. I trained, but the main person who focused to help to build me up for competition was Carlos Grace Jr. He was the the one who really tried to to be the real coach. Horace Grace was the older brother, more like advisor, crawling, helium, my brother Carlos. Everybody kind of helped a little bit, but uh, Carlos Grace Jr. was the one who really pushed me to fall in love with the sport and to start fall in love in competition. I think before that was was organic, like having fun with my cousins, play at the academy, but not like he 100% like when they moved to, to Rio de Janeiro to live with Carlos Grace. How how was how that? How many years did you live at uh, Uncle Carlos' house? Uh, probably like from 14 to 23 and how is it? Because um, I tell everyone that is the difference in um, in your case, our case, where we grew up and we knew we hear so many stories from the people who create jiu-jitsu. How is it every day waking up in the morning and having breakfast, having lunch, and sometimes dinner, and sit down and listen to their stories, listen to how they related to jiu-jitsu? How is that? Because... Not many people uh, had the privilege to that, be in the position yeah, that you yeah, were. Yeah, uh, was was a good time for for sure. Uh, but to live in the house was, except my experience, Carlos Grace was my uncle, uh, my uncle Carlos. He, he treat, we have a very good close relationship me and him because I spent a lot of time with him during the day, uh, lunchtime. He he loved to talk, and sometimes his own. Some of his kids didn't have the patience to, to listen to some of the stories. But for me, because I believe it was the NAF, I always loved to hear the old stories he used to tell uh, about jiu-jitsu, about his 
growing up about uh, when he moved to to Pará to Rio de Janeiro how it's, it's, it was was like reading a book uh, every time we have a chance to spend time together but we have a very good relationship he loved my my game of jiu jitsu um, he we, we it's like an uncle now my uncle Carlos I always uh, I didn't see him like uh, master Carlos Gracie uh, for me it's like my uncle Carlos and for me we have a family relationship it was pretty cool too. is is there any particular story that you remember that he told you growing yes. up uh, sometimes uh around 14 to 15 I always asking him stupid questions I remember one time uh, he was in the living room he uh, I went to him uncle Carlos why you wake up uh, so so early he used to wake up around four in the morning to start his exercising start eating very early uh, on the morning he do have his uh, nutrition for him is super important. He always never miss a meal. He be sure he eat the right type of food. He's eating super, super organic and super health. And I remember sometimes uh, I asked him, why sometimes you don't have a break? Like go to McDonald's, wake up late. You know what I mean? He start for a stupid question. I'm going to explain to a way like for a stupid kid like you to understand. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at him like he hates stupid questions. And he looked at me, he put his leg behind his head. And he didn't warm up or anything. He come stretch, he put his leg behind the head and he stand up and he stay on the balance for a little bit, sit down and put the leg back. This answer your question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> I was like, always come out these silly questions. He, he, he. In the end, the question he always end up laughing, but he gets so mad when somebody come to him ask like stupid questions. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was the one who always end up asking him questions like that. But Carlos Grace was very sweet. To me, he always like to talk and always explain to me things. I have a, a great uncle to guide me in many different ways. Carlos Grace was amazing. And and how it was, like, I know we, we have our... I remember when you moved to Rio, we were staying in Teresopolis for a few more years. And how was it living with all the cousins, which are so hyper and so... So much altercations inside me, the house and for all me, that. For me, it was amazing because I was a country kid, basically. Like I have the, the discipline. Uh, growing up in, in Teresópolis, we have a routine to complete different than when they moved to Rio. Like uh, wake up, go to school, this and that, do the homework. Uh, yeah, we have this lifestyle with a lot of discipline for mom and dad, you know. But when you move to Rio over there, it's completely different. Everybody wake up, go surf, go this, go that, go training. And you have these cousins who who have more a complete lifestyle, like very, we travel all the time, weekends you go to Boozies, you go to Teresopolis, you go to 
always looking for adventure, you always training, always wanna get ready for the next fight. It, for, for me, it was very entertainment because you used to live on the mountains and sound like you live right Ipanema Beach, you go to... Few to, blocks from the beach. Every day you go over there, you sit on the sand, you jump on the water, go surf, go do this, go do that. You set up like surrounded by new people, new... Uh, it was it was amazing. It was a great experience to have a chance to to move from a, a, city, we, a small city we, to a big city. We could call that a jiu-jitsu lifestyle that basically everything that comes up in terms of learning process is based on on the life on the life of Uncle Carlos and, and Carlos Gracie Jr. and everyone gives their advice, their input yes. in your life. Yeah, I think uh, the the moments I have is uh, I have a great coach uh, behind me. I have uh, this passion to training consistent. I was very consistent in my training. And I have opportunity to to be friend of all the the people at the academy. Uh, that was amazing because when you surround your friends these fighters and that's the environment we you all the time you're talking about fighting, you practice, you travel, you training uh, weekends, the whole group go together for competition. Was very, very, very cool. Because uh, I, I tell people that we not just learn jiu-jitsu, we lived jiu-jitsu yes. in their roots because the stories, everything that we talk about, everything that we do in our life, yeah. jiu-jitsu is a base of our conversation. Everything yes. comes up, jiu-jitsu become the main power, the main purpose for us to do what we do. Yes. When, when did you feel or if you ever felt any pressure coming from the family? Because in our house, you're the first one that people throw at the tournament and, and open the gate for all of us. I, I, I was going to ask that. There was a, the way you described your, your uncle. He lived a life of like really rigid, extreme discipline, like a very disciplined life. Was that something that he imposed on you guys, or was it more like uh, kind of like I quiet, think, quiet leadership? I think Carlos Grace, the time I have to spend for him, he was uh, outside jiu-jitsu a little bit. He, he loved to talk about. We get along all the time. We he answered, guide us the, the best he could, but his focus was in the, the nutrition. nutrition. Yeah, okay, he have so many clients. That's why his number one passion. The people who uh, we focused the most was the kids of uh, Helio Gracie, which he, I have, me and my brother Jean-Jacques in exclusive, have a, a very close relationship with Hickson. Um, I have a very close relationship with uh, Crawling, Carlos Gracie Jr., and the other members of Hollis Grace at the Academy too. I have opportunity to have so many people uh, the academy, like Mauricio Gomes, uh, Mar uh, Macarrão, Marcio Stambovic, uh, and some of the other blacks belts over there, like Ronaldão. Uh, uh, it's like amazing because you have so many people like give you different tools. They, they were already black belts when you 
when you were yeah. like yellow blue belt. I right? think he, uh, the guy who I look up a lot uh, in training was um, outside the family. I look up to Master Stambovsky. I think he have this uh, amazing flexible guard. Uh, I look up to Mauricio Gomez who have this knee on the stomach. Yeah, I always look up to to Hickson. I was a big fan of Hickson growing up, watching his fights. Um, he's some of the other students, like even not like. Uh, uh, was a, that was a great generation because they were all Hollis Gracie students, you know. Yeah. And Carlinhos was Ca among the students. Yes, I, I think. Um, the rival, the biggest rival at the time was between Hall's students at the time. I used to practice in Castle and Grace's students. The rivalry between yeah, those the, two That was the Castle and Grace and Hall's Grace was a toe-to-toe, -to -toe, the two best clubs in competition at the time. And, and I think when he say best clubs, is basically one club because a lot of people don't know the facility were used by both. Carson and Halls. Yeah, you've talked about that. Three that's, days a week with Halls Gracie. That's pretty <laughs> Three amazing. Three days a week with Carson Grace. I mean, we are in a good way rivalry, but we train on the same mat. It's just different days. And that, that was, uh, growing up like this, that was fantastic. Higgin, um, when, when did you feel that you actually were good in Jiu-Jitsu? Who told you that? When because growing up was nobody telling you anything. It's just you suddenly go for training, then start giving a hard time to high belts. Then suddenly people start looking at you a little bit different. It's like, hey, this kid is, I don't know. When did you realize that? You know what? I think I'm, I'm pretty good in that. I never felt like I'm pretty good. Uh, yeah, you should. Uh, you should. I always, you were, you were, you no, were pretty I damn good. I, I always like the the battle, the war. Like, I think the what helped me in competition. The best feeling in the world for me is to go to a competition, win a fight, and have the pleasure of winning a fight. I remember I, I always asked Carlos, "I want to fight that guy. I want to fight that guy. I want to fight that guy." I was looking up to fight the best guys at the time to compete. I think that helped me a lot because you have the challenge, like this desire to fight some of the best guys. I never want to pick the fights. I want to fight the best guys at the time. I think this helped me a lot to... I think what sounds, and I understand that what drove you so many times was just that feeling of victory, winning. Yeah, that sensation yes, of I didn't, winning. I, yeah, I didn't care much about medals or titles. Just I, the challenge. I, I want to fight that yeah. guy who gave me the best fight at, at the time. I remember some fights I have. I think the biggest rivals I have in competition, competing in the beginning was uh, Castle Grace students. And later, uh, Hickson started when Hoss died, Hickson built a big group of competitors. And some the Hickson students come, which used to be in the same club, but later come rivals. Became rivals. Yeah, because uh, I start 
represent uh, Barra Grace at the time, and Hickson have his own Grace of Maitá. And Hickson have a couple of students. One was Kaiki, the other one was Marcelo Berenguer. And I believe these two at the time was the top students in competition from from, from, Hickson, from Hickson. I remember I fought Kaique. And Kaique was, I believe Kaique was the best technici technician. Yeah, the most technical student. Uh, Hickson at the time, but I have a beat Kaique on the competition. And Marcelo Bering was the one Hickson training very hard for fight against me. Yeah, I beat him the first time, the brown belt. After this, Hickson trained him very hard again. And I beat him on the black belt. Yeah, Marcelo Bering, for me, he grew in competition. To have two chances to fight somebody as good as him and have a chance to win the fight was a, a big accomplishment. As a competitor, it, this rival, if Marcelo Bani was a health of healthy, was a health of rivalry, between, a health of rivalry yeah. because outside the mat, he have a child with my cousin Kila, which was a part is of Kiwa. the family, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but he was, I love it to hang out with him outside the mat, but come to a point when you go to competition, you have to look that yes. to the side, he yeah, said. Yeah. Uh, he looked at me, let's go to war. He said, let's go to war. And we finishing, we shake hands, let's have a, some acai after. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's interesting because I was just talking to Jean-Jacques about this, because people have mentioned it in the past, one of the, one of the greatest fights of your generation was when you had to go against Hickson. And we spoke you know, in terms of the psychology of that, because number one, he's family. Number two, he's somebody you look up to. And I, I look at it like if I was in a tournament and they told me I had to fight my teacher, John jacques I uh, don't know how, how, how no, did you, that, how did you manage that? No, for me, uh, uh, to step on the, the ring and fight, it was natural for me. The problem, um, I, Hicks for me was my coach. And is a guy I look up to, like poor. Of course. This yeah. guy been teaching jiu-jitsu for me for the last three or four years. He helped my game to come to a level. As a loyalty to to him, as a, to consider to him to be my coach, I said, why are you going to fight my own coach? Mm -hmm. I want to train to fight other athletes, but not to fight a member of my family yeah. and my coach. And, but come to a point, we didn't have a choice. And, um, I remember the first time uh, they came to talk to me uh, because it was a big event. It was sponsored by a clothes clothing wear, uh, company. company. And I remember uh, because it was a big explosion, was the, considered to be the, the number one event at the time, the one who put jiu-jitsu to the next level. And I remember the copper company uh, sponsored start paying money for athletes. I was the first athlete to be sponsored by company. And later he get all my brothers, my cousins, got everybody. Pretty soon, all the other brain uh, start sponsor fighters. That was a good uh, help for a lot of the fighters to make some extra money outside the academy. And 
come to a point he too came to talk to me. He said, Higgins, we got to fight. And I remember poor Higgins. Uh, I don't want to fight you, but in case I have to fight you, step on the ring, uh, I can't look you like a cousin. I'm going to have to look you as a rival. And he said, yeah, let's go. Let's go to war, this and that. I said, you know what, I have to push this to the side and let's go to war. And that's what happened. I think it was a, a good fight because nobody hold back. No, yeah. Hickson, Hickson come 100%. Yeah, I didn't know how to hold back. I didn't know how to fight for points. I said, man, in case you go, oh, you're going to submit me or I'm going to submit you. Oh, you're going to beat me or I'm going to beat you. I don't want to go to this uh, battle holding back. I said, man, I don't care win or lose, but I'm going to go 100%. And I think that was something who, why the fight got super well talked because I remember when we fight, nobody make one sound. Everybody was so quiet because it's almost like you see two superstars come from to fight and they, everybody wanna say, man, I can't believe I'm gonna watch this fight. And the fight was amazing. Was I start in the beginning winning with a takedown. I get to his side, he escaped, I went to the back. He roll, come back, he pull, my, pull for my guard, sweep him, he come back. Was a very uh, back and forth fights. And it's amazing because I remember every time I do a movement, the people screaming like crazy. They start winning the people who watch was start like little by little. Hey, this kid have something. Let's support this kid. Because Hickson at the time was the supreme champion. It's like nobody come close to beat him. Um, to have this new guy, this young guy coming and do a, do a good fight was amazing. But when you finish the fight, we shake hands and stuff. Even like after that, I start get bigger and stronger. I get a lot of 50 pounds bigger. Even one guy asked me, boy, you want to fight Hicks again? You think, I said, the, the problem uh, people don't understand is like, example, when you fight somebody for your own family, for me, I said, boy, but I trained so hard to fight a member for my own family or a cousin. This didn't sound, arrival sound like it. It's not what I'm training for. I want to train to fight people from outside my family. An adversary. Yeah, it based like even in case I have the tools to 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 beat him, I, I didn't want to do that. For me to have opportunity to fight him was amazing. You know what I mean? Even I lost the fight, but the example after that one, a hundred other fights, and that helped me even more because. When you come from a great battle, you're going to learn a lot. You learn from your mistakes. See, that was a big lesson when you have opportunity to fight somebody at that level. Mm-hmm. And a few years after that, and you are the first one actually in our house to go for that adventure, to leave Brazil and come to U.S. Why did you left Brazil to come to U.S. right after... What was the, the driving on that? It was kind of funny because I, I remember one time I was sitting over there in Brazil 
e I think was was in Teresópolis. E I have a a cousin named Carley uh, Grace who Carlos Grace's Carlos Grace's son, son named Carley. He at the time he lived in United States, and he was I was city fihilion, and he was talk to us. We like at the time we were fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, remember that story he telling how he end up in America, how he start from zero and start like um, he was visiting Brazil at that time, right? Yeah, he live in United States, have a wife and kids and, and kids and stuff, and, and he was explained this adventure he have, and for me. Because in Brazil I have a good life, I have a, a father who give us everything we need. We never have a financial problem in any level. We have an actual phenomenal lifestyle. We live uh, in front of the ocean. We have everything we need. We go to the best schools. We have everything. You know, my father have a. A uh, big apartment we live, have houses outside, we travel every weekend. And, and the, for me, I want to know, I able to challenge myself as a man to learn how to do my own steps, to learn how to to challenge myself to start from the bottom and climb myself to do something for my life. And when I have the opportunity, I have a, a cousin who lives in Brazil, he uh, for a little bit he he went to Brazil to to train jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I was teaching him at that time. He stayed in my house. His name is Cesar Gracie. And Cesar Gracie lived in San Francisco. Yeah, I was talking to Cesar. Cesar, I think when you you finish your training, you back to San Francisco. I want to come with you. And he said, okay, come. Stay over there and stuff. It's basically like... Uh, uh, I said, okay, I, I have a girlfriend at the time. I asked my girlfriend, you want to come with me? She said, okay, let's go together. And um, basically, we, I went to San Francisco to stay with Caesars. And from there, for didn't have much training issues yet there. Uh, he basically, like I said, well, San Francisco is no good because... With no place to train jiu-jitsu, I need to find a location to a place to train. I remember I called my cousin Royce, and Horion got the phone and said, "Paul, come to LA." And he we train in the garage, we're doing this and da 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 da. And I said, "You know, at this, I'm gonna move to El to Los Angeles. I don't. San Francisco is great, but I need to train jiu-jitsu. I need to. I want to do wrestling. I want to do everything I can." And Three or five months later, stay in San Francisco. I moved to to to, LA. to Los Angeles. And from there, we got apartment in South Bay, and we start. Harry asked me, "He can put uh, teach here for us." It was just Hoyce. Hickson just arrived to, and Hickson teaching his garage. I teach if Hoyce on the garage, Hoyce on the garage. And from there, I said, oh, that's perfect because now I need to f I have this. Let's find a place to train in wrestling. And I start training wrestling in El Camino College with Tom Hazel, a wrestler coach at the time. And he embraced me. I start going there, train jiu-jitsu. I said, oh, now I'm perfect because I'm in my zone. I I'm excited. Besides, I lift the weights and... 
and train wrestling every day, train jiu-jitsu, teach. And that's basically like how little by little I started my life in LA was if he hoist uh, the garage of Hori. And I don't recall how long after that, a year or two, he went to Brazil to visit us. And uh, you end up convincing Carlos to come back to LA with you, our older brother. Then John got very excited and they say, okay, I'm going too. And suddenly now we have you, and then he brought in your bag two of the brothers. Um, was interesting because... Then uh, you left me alone in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're doing pretty good. I remember your academy is super successful in Baja. You have the, the biggest school in Baja. Uh, but for me, was not that. For me, uh, I was an uh, opportunity to meet... I met... I, I met... Uh, Chuck Norris and Richard Norris, John Will, and they start like want to help us in some way. And basically, like, um, I, I didn't want to do by myself, except I need support because I want to keep training. I don't want to teach all day and stop training. I want to be sure. I keep myself fighting the best. If I'm not wrong, you brought Carlos to share the hours with you, the yeah. time. You're no, teaching for yes, yes. long well, hours. He basically called Carlos. He explained the opportunities I have. I, was, I have a very good relationship with Chuck Norris at the time. And I was talking to Carlos. Carlos, you speak English. You can come here, put Chuck Norris to talk to him on the phone. And, and Carlos got excited. He, Carlos, okay, I come. But they didn't know John was coming. When they arrived in the airport, John was Surprise. there. <laughs> John was explaining, yeah, man, my wife is pregnant. I want to challenge myself. They <laughs> <laughs> said, okay, Joe, welcome. And basically, John was staying in the house, me, Caesar, Carlos, uh, John. Little by little, we started building up everything. After a while, I think a year later, Jean-Jacques was the, the one who tried to bring... I came in... I came in... Come like two years a, after. I came in just for 21 days vacation, and was the time you have the U5 convention with Chuck Norris in Vegas. And you guys every day say, you should come and stay, you should come here. I remember have a school in Encino that Chuck opened up for, for us, and you have the garage in Redondo Beach. And you guys, let's come, let's go, let's go. It was a, it was a great time because in the beginning you discover everything little by little. Jean-Jacques came, it was amazing. And let me ask you this is, being living in a time that we did not have as much technology to learn Jiu-Jitsu, we have to put ourselves 100% and trying to mimic other people's movements to go back and ask each other, Man, what can we do in this situation? In your lifetime in Jiu-Jitsu, from the early 80s until today's time, what would be the most significant difference between the Jiu-Jitsu back then and the Jiu-Jitsu today? Um, I think um, everything came about the rules, the competition. 
uh, the, the time I used to compete, the rules was very simple, didn't have vantage, was points. And a lot of the fights, they pull for the guard and try to do armbar, triangles, and things like that. They have a little bit by the guard, not much de la Riva. The jiu-jitsu was very simple. And was a little bit kind of open. It was not that hard to find the submission because you 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 see a lot of opportunities to do submission when you fight because the the, the rules is pretty open. What is 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 helped me a lot. I train a lot of wrestling, and I have chance to compete uh, different styles for don't stop competing. I fought sambo, I fought wrestling, judo competition to keep myself active in competition. I didn't want to stop that kind of challenge myself because I think myself. Uh, jiu-jitsu for me is like I'm a grappling. I want to fight everything I can to not stop in competition. He basically, like I couldn't go to Brazil because at the time my papers, I wait for the green card, or the the visa, and going to the process to get legal. And I didn't want to lose the the. I have to fight in America in a different sports. That's when the, I start try practice Greco-Roman freestyle you went to look for all kinds of uh, grappling styles possible to yeah. keep you sharp yeah try see what i couldn't add for for my game usually in base the balance of wrestling the takedowns of wrestling the single and, leg double leg and I, and i think if i understood is the main difference from the jiu-jitsu in the early days for you and today was the simplicity of the rules back then kind of a give more exposure in a way in a good sense for submissions to happen and today's so um, many little rules that doesn't doesn't push forward as much as used to yeah. for people to expose themselves more for what a, a kind of submission I think to happen. the evolution of the rules changed the game example um, i think the athletes start getting super strong I think a lot of athletes, uh, the sport Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu creates super athletes, like any other sport, like football, basketball. And something like you see, uh, sometimes you arrive in competition, you see a blue belt look like Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And you start thinking like, man, these kids today, strength-wise, is not like at the time we used to compete, these super athletes come now early. And basically, like... Um, they start freezing the sport, start freezing. They get one position, score some points, and they start even get difficult to score points. And the evolution of the rules, okay, you can win by have almost points, like great vantage. And this changed the game because the jiu-jitsu start get very tight, very uh, simple, very, uh, very... Today, even after a while, for me, I have to study the rules because I couldn't understand the rules. The rules keep get complicated, complicated, complicated. And it was not simple like the time I used to fight. And the fight and doesn't flow as used to. Yeah, like I remember I was talking to one of my friends who who won the championship. I remember, oh, how how was your fight? How you submit him? How you did this? How Say, so I won by two vantage. 
Yes, you come a world champion by winning by two advantages. And for me, I was blown away. I said, man, that's a different... People don't train for points anymore. They train for score advantage. And I was, wow. But it's amazing to see because not only the rules is upgrade, but the athletes upgrade. Yes. And by the athletes upgrade, you start to see some amazing super athletes winning by super speed and super techniques and and the jiu-jitsu start get very fast like the evolution uh was unbelievable even i remember sometimes travel to to new zealand one time and the guy asked well he can show me some bedding bowler i i looked to the guy and said what the hell is bedding bowler i don't even know what the guy talking about i call jack question jack have you Heard about this betting bowl? I said, "Oh yeah, I saw. I was in Abu Dhabi. I saw some of the the guys showing these, and I have to upgrade myself because you have to keep follow the the grow of the knowledge. Another way, I leave it doing a lot of seminars around the world. I have to keep myself a consistent uh, student. It's good because I have the knowledge of the." the history, the beginning, all the steps. But for me, it's very important to keep follow. I don't want to stop my jiu-jitsu today. I want to keep studying for my students, for new black belts, for new champions. And for me, that is very important. You know what I mean? Because uh, we live from jiu-jitsu. He, uh, people say, well, Higgins are old jiu-jitsu. Yes, but I didn't stop learning. I still upgrade myself to be a new jiu-jitsu too. And I think that's what uh, is amazing about what's keeping my passion alive. I keep learning all the time. I, that's now, amazing. Going speed up a little bit forward. When when did you start? I know I always know, I always knew you love movies. I always knew cuz I grew up and you and Roger are the ones more in a good sense of the word fanatic about watching movies, horror movies or action movies and all kinds of movies. When when was the point in the time that you realized that I know open a school in Beverly Hills was a big step towards towards that direction away of having celebrities coming to you to learn jiu-jitsu or find out what is jiu-jitsu. And now today you became the most famous jiu-jitsu guy that teaches celebrities. How was your first celebrity after Chuck Norris? Because we all know Chuck Norris I met so many years ago that actually started training jiu-jitsu with you and become a student that constantly, regular basis, go and train with you. And suddenly another one comes and another one comes and you end up developing a way for them to train without getting hurt. When that started? Um, was almost like an accident. It was not something like uh, I never um, look Hollywood like uh, something I want to follow up. Uh, for me, it was... Uh, I always loved movie. That was a passion. I was a big fan of Bruce Lee. I was a big fan of uh, Steve Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and all these people uh, who do martial arts in movies. 
Chuck Norris, uh, all these was idols that grow, you grow up as a kid watching and fall in love with the action film. But for me, it was not something I want to have in mind to follow up. Um, I think the... I always have schools to create super athletes to compete, to create the the athletes to come the next generation of jiu-jitsu. And, and we've been doing that for so long. For me, I'm looking for a different challenge. I remember I have opportunity to open a school in Beverly Hills. And when they open school in Beverly Hills, I have one student... My first student was an actor named Ashton Kutcher. And Ashton Kutcher, he was the one who opened a lot of opportunities and a lot of doors for guide you. for me business-wise. To He's very wise. He's a very... Uh, put his eggs in different baskets. He's in technology. He's have all kinds of different business. He's, a, he's an amazing business guy. And when you have a student like that, you talk to him all the time, I start, he, my school was not a normal school. Like, I have a lot of problems in Beverly Hills for parking. And I start to realize that I can't have 100 students in the academy. I have to focus in big clients, uh, focus in privates and focus in small class because I can't have more than 20 school uh, uh, people in my school because there's no place to park in my area. And that's a problem. And suddenly Ashton Kutcher start help to bring his friend, he bring another guys, this and that. And little by little, by meeting people from the industry, uh, they always try upgrade in the films, the next generation in fighting martial arts, I think because the UFC, a lot of people start saying, hey, teach us some jiu-jitsu on the film. And start with Steve Seagal in the siege. He wanted us to go there and teach some armbars and end up using my brother to for him to armbar my brother on the, on the film. After this, some films, small other films, he, he little by little, uh, Chuck Norris put us in Texas Rangers and and little by little, because you start meeting so many people in the industry, uh, you start like, what's this business? Let me figure out what it is, because it's like a fake fighting for films. And, and little by little, you start getting to know a better st a fight choreographers, better stunt coordinators, producers, actors, who start want to upgrade them in the action films. And have opportunity to come friends of Paul Walker and Van Diesel. He after this end up uh, working with a, a, a company called 8711. And they asked me to help to be advisor to training Keanu Reeves for, for John Wick. And the film came very success. And have a lot of jiu-jitsu and judo throws. And people start coming. And I have opportunity to work with Chadwick Boseman, the Black Panther. He want to do some different style. He want to add some some grappling, some little bit different stuff for for his style of fighting on the film. And I trained him. He had some jiu-jitsu on the fight scenes and a lot of opportunities start coming. And I start like, okay, let me climb myself, not just to be an advisor, but to be a fight choreographer and come a stunt 
Corneira, em films, em Little by Little Star Get Offers, to, to be a stunt coordinator, you understand how to put the team together to do the action films and stuff, yeah, getting better and better. But uh was very interesting because uh, another day I have, uh, I think it uh, was Hollywood Report and Verizon, who is a local newspaper related to the industry of Hollywood. And they want to do some interviews and ask who you want to interview, which student you're looking for to talk. I said, no, we want to do with you. I said, with me? Yeah, because you have the number of celebrities training for you and you come one of the biggest guys in this uh, fight for training the celebrities for action films. I was surprised. I said, wait a minute. That's amazing. I don't understand what it is, but a lot of people start coming from Brazil, some other magazines. I end up in magazines in Beverly Hills who has nothing to do with jiu-jitsu, but relate to what I'm doing with the celebrities for the films. And this is something new for me who I play around and see how far I go, but uh, it's kind of cool because in the beginning when you meet a celebrity, it's so special. You meet like Stallone, you meet Arnold Schwarzenegger, for these guys, you Steve Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme, was so special for me. But it's funny because after a while you meet so many celebrities, these kind, the kind of disappear. Now when they meet celebrities, like I meet like a, a friend who want to train jiu-jitsu, that's kind of cool because when you see somebody from the movies who come to you, you want to train, uh, for me it's like, wow, okay, let's train uh, that's kind of the super cool like uh, to get in that position you look the celebrities like a normal person yeah yeah i guess the, and that's what they want for sure and higgins is there uh in your personal side in life is there any funny story that happened to you as your kid with your cousins or an altercation or anything that happened that you remember that was funny to you or danger or something uh, yeah, so have, growing up, you have uh, all kinds of things happen to you when you hang out with the, growing up with Hanzo, Royce, Hoyle, Helium. And growing up in, in, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, we end up a lot of times, because we never go out like just one, myself, by myself. Always... I remember growing up, going out in groups. I remember... And you need more than one car, for sure, every time. <laughs> I remember going out like uh, two cars of all the cousins. But everybody's so young, everybody between 17, 18, 19. And I remember when they would get uh, in a fight. It was like we used to train in the academy, but we, we didn't... was wise enough on the streets, you know what I mean? I remember... Growing up with my cousins, we going to some battles and protect each other on the street. It was kind of a good lesson. Uh, I have a lot of things I see. I have seen all my brothers fighting. I see all my cousins fighting on the street. And to have a chance to see like my younger brother, John, uh, fight on the street and defend himself well using jiu-jitsu, that was kind of the coup because I saw John fight a guy one time uh, twice his size uh, 
the guy is, is older. Jones was uh, 15 or 16. He Man, jiu-jitsu works. End up defending himself. Little, these are moments I'm never going to forget growing up to to have a chance to use jiu-jitsu in a way, not to hurt somebody, but to be sure you protect yourself from uh, some fights and stuff. Is is there any project that you are working right now or something that I had a few that uh, you might want to say something about it or maybe want to hold yeah. back for our um, next... I love to. The uh, next conversation. I have a technology business. I start a company with a few friends from a group from Kazakhstan. It's a technology company who who try create uh, the Uber, but for jiu-jitsu. Instead, you go into the competition, the competition come to you. And based like um, we've been working these projects of um, uh, to create this next generation of events. But the way we create in a way like you fight for be the champion of uh, the city, after this you fight to be the champion for the state, and after this you fight to be the champion for US. From there you fight for other countries. To a point you fight for, for become professional and make, start make a lot of money. And this is something we've been working with the technology way to, with the people. We have like almost 19 people right now work on that in a way like come very easy for people to... Make to those events. Yeah, because one thing we discover by a lot of people don't like to go to the competition because a lot of people, they get nervous, they go over there, uh, they fight one fight and they lose, they have to go back home. Uh, this, we found a way to, they can fight, they can't have nobody watch, create a system which can be very easy to create a competition like that. Um, after this, you have to go to another academy, create the, the fight, go to another academy. And it's created these steps like to, to become a champion. We've been working a lot we have a little problem right now because of the coronavirus. And a lot of uh, the people who work for us, some got the corona, and we decide, like, okay, let's wait for all these pass. But next year, we back in action. Soon things start get back to normal. But I believe this is going to change the game a lot. That's really because, interesting. Um, yeah, that's, um, you don't have no idea game, how... Game changer. Now, I, have sure. a, I, I have a question. Um, yeah. I've been super respectful because I could have put my teacher on the hot seat, but I would rather ask something more about this because you made it a point when you, when you moved to your uncle's house, you said you were there from 14 to 23, 22, 22. That's your formative years growing up. My question is twofold. One, did you spend a lot of time with your brothers? Did you see them a lot? Yeah. Weekends I go to, was an hour and a half, two hours. I go to, to Teresópolis, but Jean-Jacques, uh, when I moved to Rio, uh, after a while, Jean-Jacques, John, I mean, and Roger, after they he got moved, to, probably three years after, three years later, they moved to Rio. I but, mean, then we are housed like half an hour away from each other, but he still lived with our, our uncle. But then after that, then you came to the States, and it's just interesting because I, I feel we all kind of have this pattern in life. I know I did with my own brother where when you're 
when you're growing, you kind of drift away. But if you're close, life always finds a way of bringing you back together. What is, uh, what is, what does your, what it, do your brothers mean to you? It's like, it's like each brother is a different character, is a different personality. Like example, I'm very close to my brother, Harja. Harja relationship we have is very weird. Like example, he's, I remember one time he stayed in my apartment with me. We barely talk. You know what I mean? But example, sometimes I come to the house, I open his room, I see he's there sleeping, I go to my room, I sleep like an angel. It's sometimes almost like when I come to the house, I open, he's not there. I wake up like two or three times during the night because he's not there. It's almost like, yeah. Uh, I gotta add something into that. At one time we did the brothers camp. And that was one way that we found to be able to see each other on the mat at least once a year. And we finished having lunch in the place and uh, the car was parking next to an ice cream store. And he said, no, just a moment, I'm gonna get our ice cream. He said, man, we ate a lot in ice cream. And he goes there, he comes back with two ice cream, one in each hand. Then we're inside the car waiting for him. He's like, oh, a guy's gonna eat two ice cream after. As soon as he walking into the car, he goes like, oh, Roger, that's yours. <laughs> Then we go like, what are, What about us? He said, no, I know Roger's what he likes, the flavors and everything. I don't know what you guys like. No, but it's interesting because, you know, I've had many talks with your brother and I know what what his brothers mean to him. I mean, part of our discussion, I don't really know any of you very well other than cord- being cordial, but I always ask and he always oh, has an yeah. answer. You yeah. know, you guys, even though you came together and then, the world of jujitsu in your lives have everyone's kind of moved on to different areas, yes. but you always find a way of Yeah, I think jujitsu is something we have in common. It does help us to to come together to talk and stuff. We not work together, but we always support each other yeah. in many ways. Like example each brother is amazing. Example the relationship I have Carlos I never raise my voice to Carlos. I never raise my hand. I never have one fight with Carlos in my whole life. Carlos was always like a father figure, brother figure. He basically, the respect I have my older brothers is, or the oldest one, is, is amazing. He's the most uh, gentle. He take his shirt to give to you. Whatever I need, he, what you need, he, I'm here for you and stuff. He always been like that. Jean-Jacques for me was a, a younger brother who little by little got my respect. I mean, the, the reason Jean-Jacques got my respect because Jean-Jacques... I want to hear that. Um, <laughs> he have uh, a problem in his hand. He grew up without uh, four fingers. And he this never stopped him. And little by little, he before even jiu-jitsu, he was, everything he do, he little by little come super successful. Whatever he do, his ability was beyond normal. I remember he played soccer, phenomenal soccer player. It's like, God damn, this kid can play soccer. And after this, he go play hockey. And he come a phenomenal hockey player, national level. I said, you know what I mean? It's like he, I push him, he come to jiu-jitsu, and he start being a super competitor. You know what I mean? Jean-Jacques have this ability. Who, I remember Carlos Grace explaining, like, oh, Higa, you learning jiu-jitsu, you have to do you hundred times the techniques, you, you're very consistent. That's why 
your juice is good because you you put your time on the mat to get. Jean Jacques have this thing. You teach him one time, he start doing the techniques right away. He, this was his ability, who is very rare to find in athletes, because a lot of athletes you is a different process of learning. He basically like it's very rare you find an athlete who you teach the techniques, he go in the competition, he start doing. And you say, you didn't go to the process of repetition yeah. and doing this hard work. You go and do right away. And that was some ability he have. He he start get the respect of myself and my cousins because he start winning competition. We, we never have a relationship between me and my brothers like to talk too much, what I'm going to do with this and that. They don't care. I don't care. It's about action. You do it, okay, I believe you. You know what I mean? That's what it is. Jean-Jacques got, that's the kind of relationship I come, his older brother who come a big fan of his actions. Uh, my relationship with my youngest brother, he was like the little guy I protect all the time, everywhere I go, I bring it. He was, he loved me. He looked up to, oh, my big brother is a champion. You know what I mean? He look up yeah, like, yeah, for sure. even his relationship I have for him still today is like this. Like he look up to me, whatever, what you doing here? This and that. I said, oh, I try to get in the movie. He try to get in the movies. It's almost like he, uh, he try imitate you yeah. in some level. Even his kids have this unique relationship with his kids too, like that. Because the father transferred he that. Get, for he gets their, their favorite uncle of all the kids. <laughs> yeah. The favorite uncle. All the kids. My kids, anyone, kids in the family, he's a favorite uncle. But but Jean-Jacques, you have so much respect for the brother because he's is a workaholic. I never seen a guy work so hard in everything he do. It is uh, it's a good motivation for the brothers, because whatever he do, he do a hundred ten percent. And this is kind of what uh, motivate a lot of the other brothers, because you say, "Poor Jean-Jacques accomplished this. Let's do too." Jean-Jacques did this. Let's do too. And this is what is nice about the relationship. Because each of the brothers drive by each other. You know what I mean? In case, uh, uh, I always was like that. I go to competition. Sambo, I try to bring the brothers to compete Sambo. It's pretty soon Jean-Jacques, John, we start traveling, beating everybody, some competing Sambo, Judo, whatever we do, we try to push each other. We follow each other in some way. You know what I mean? It's a good brothers. I'm very happy to have it's, this amazing group of guys each brother is amazing I, guy I sure, have a, sure. a, a pretty easy question to you and probably I'm gonna make some compliments um, according to how you answer that and I asked that to everyone and I did ask you before but it's the first time asking you here in our No Gear Required podcast who is Higa Machado by Higa Machado Henrique Machado is a simple guy. I leave my ego outside the door. He, uh, I live by challenge. I live by new challenges. I think he challenges in something who drive me. He, I think the moment I not challenge to accomplish things or to make a difference, I think like I stop living. And I think he, that's a Higa Machado. I love to find a new challenge, a new things to do. I think he, that's good because 
uh, always being the guy, okay, what's this? I want to try this. Uh, what's this? I want to try this. Yeah, I think this is good because I'm helped to open the mind for not just for me, but the older brothers. I think I have to add a few things in that. Who is Higgin? He, um, I never met anybody who does not like him. And if you and the people that been in his house and been with him hanging out with him knows that if you go to his house, he will sleep on the floor and let you sleep on his bed. He's the kind of person that jiu-jitsu in America today, it's around the world, is it's bigger than we can even imagine. But I remember many people, Higgins used to go to Brazil and a lot of people get a hold of him and say, man, I want to go to America, I want to start teaching jiu-jitsu there. Higgins brought so many people from Brazil so many big names out there that today are doing well with jiu-jitsu came here because of him. He brought all of them. Um, few of them never mentioned, never said anything. We know all of them. But he's the kind of a guy who, he say other people help in all of this. Man, he helped so many people and continue to do so in every area of people's life. I never met anybody say, man, I don't like your brother. Everyone that I talk to, like, man, I love your brother. Your brother did this for me when nobody did. And he, he, he does those things for because the way he is. He never expect anybody to give him back anything, nothing. He continued to do so. Sometimes we even get mad at him, say, man, he can be careful. That guy, this person, don't care. He goes and helps them out. And, and that's why I'm saying I have no doubt that... Um, all his success and all his achievements are on the way to happen. Higgins also was one of the best jiu-jitsu fighters i ever seen in my life. I think a lot of people that was before Instagram, social media, then people should look up and see, man, how many... He won everything possible in jiu-jitsu in Brazil. Every single tournament. He won so many fights with so many... Has some good friends. Big names, you know. <laughs> I've seen them. He's very, he's very modest on, but uh, he's one of the biggest names Jiu-Jitsu ever had, for sure. And he led in the pack in our family to not open just a door, to open a huge gate for us that were behind him and be able to have a chance and also succeed in the sport. Higgins, you're my brother. I love you, man. Love you, brother. Thank you for all what you've done to us. Thanks for What's being the name here. What's the podcast you said? It's uh, Jiu-Jitsu, No Gi? Please, no, Jay. No Gi Required. No, no gi, gi Required. Required. Basically, you don't have to be a fighter to be here. You can Any celebrity. Any anybody person. can be here. And you are one of the biggest celebrities we had here so far. It's Higo. a pleasure. I'm impressed. You guys Thank you. Thank you very much, thank Jay. You. Thank you. Thank, thank you again you very to much. Appreciate help it. me out. Mike, thank you, sir. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for our next. No gi required. See you guys. Thank you, brother. Love you.